1: I was at a table with referees. This is like a room full of accountants.
2: Spicy!
1: And they asked about Conor Bedard, and they laughed. And remember that night that I yelled at, in the bubble at Bob?
2: Great call, Bobby!
1: I yelled it at the referee because he
2: called a penalty shot in favor of the Regina Pats. Well, it's an empty arena, so like <laughs> your voice will just echo and echo and echo. Yeah, they heard you for sure. That was pretty funny.
1: Good call, Bobby! This is the Rod Peterson Show. It sure is. Welcome, everybody, to the RP Show. It's hour two. We are broadcasting live from the Beach House in Pompano Beach, Florida. Shades on, shades off. Shades on, shades off. What do you think, guys? Tell me. Back there. Go on. Thank you, Clark. Producer Clark says, go shades on. And I want to tell you something. When I started doing television, oh, 27 years ago... When I did my first show, I wanted to wear shades, it was, uh, it was a football show, and the camera guy said, no, no, nobody wears the sunglasses, no, you don't do that. So then I never did, and um, that was the first of a very long, what should I say, heated relationship between he and I, <laughs> but now we can do whatever we want, thank you, Clark, and we're going to wear shades, even though they say you don't do that on television. That's the one great thing about this show is uh, we do what we want, including bringing in the moose. As I broadcast live from the beach house in Pompano Beach, Florida, the moose is in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. And, moose, we got a lot of things to get to here. Are you ready to uh,
2: settle in and get comfortable with some sports talk? Yeah, you betcha. Let's go. And and the shades, you know what? Um, Doesn't matter what we prefer. You can do whatever you want, man. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, we got a guy leaving uh,
1: the network, Game Plus Television, and that's unfortunate. I think he's gone now. And you know the guy that I mean. And there's yep. a lot of folks that are still at Game Plus. They're watching now. And he said, I'm going to miss you guys' culture with the RP show. And I said, ah, I appreciate that. We're a very, very much a come-as-you-are program, right? <laughs> Not a lot of rules around yeah. here necessarily to our peril. But you set the culture, Moose. So if it screws up, it's on you. Anyway,
2: you're on you're on the, the beach uh, in Florida, wearing sunglasses, broadcasting across North America. I think our culture is pretty good.
1: <laughs> oh, no no complaints here <laughs> whatsoever. Um, so got a couple things here. Like, did we? Oh, there you're there. Okay, Ted in Red Deer. This guy's a very sharp guy too. He writes in. He says, "How is Bernie?" Not on a panel somewhere. Always great insight. you got to understand, I don't want to get sidetracked, so Moose keep me on point here. But the fact that Peter DeBoer got fired in Vegas, and Vane Lambert, as his friends call him, Lane Lambert got hired by the Islanders, let's try to stay on point there. But I, I know that a lot of you younger guys on our staff don't even know who Charlie Simmer is. That's, he, he's coming up later this hour. And a lot of you don't even know who Bernie Nichols is. That's fine, but at least give us some credit for putting... Not just the young people. All young people don't know. These guys did a lot in their careers, and they know stuff. And the guys and gals that are on the panels now in the NHL and all these other leagues, they know stuff too. But they're not necessarily allowed to say what they think. And Bernie can come on and say whatever the hell he thinks. And he nailed seven of eight series in round one even when washington was ahead of florida Bertie's like florida's gonna come back and win you know (laughs) and he also said that tampa was gonna beat toronto he said toronto can't stand up to him and i feel like the guys on tsn can't say that or they'd be fired because the leafs own a portion of the network you know and i'm trying to not go on too much of a rant here but last night a gal was interviewing uh, Mika Zabenjad after the Rangers game, and she said, is that the biggest goal you've ever scored? And I'm like, no, it was the gold medal game of the 2012 World Juniors. I called it when he scored in overtime. And Sweden won, beat Russia for their first gold medal in 30 years. No, that was the biggest goal. Nobody cares, Rod. Just shut up and watch. So what's great about this show is we may break a lot of rules, but God dang it, we're... At least we say what we want to say and are right more often than we're not. Wouldn't you say Moose?
2: Oh no, for sure. I I think that's the case. I mean, we look at things though just from a common sense approach, right? And and that seems to pan out more often than not. And, and uh, no, I love what we can do every day and we, we can say what we want. And, you know, that's, I remember we, you played for me some of those goal calls uh, from that world juniors. That was cool. And, and uh, Zabinajad scoring for Sweden. That is a huge moment. Sweden perennially uh, you know, underachieves at the World Juniors and to finally win it all, uh, pretty cool. Well, yes, and by the way, not like I was being
1: that guy. I don't, I, we must have run out of everything to play in the dash of my capital SUV that day, but we did play that and I said, and 30 is the charm. Sweden has won World Junior Gold but I don't do play-by-play anymore. I'd rather do this. And I had a text from a guy here uh, on the text line, the 902 line, asking if I'm missing Ryder Camp at all. And I said, no. Um, Tank in Estevan writes in, from the beautiful city of Estevan, writes in and he says, this isn't television. It's Roddy-vision. <laughs> How about Keep that? It up. Thanks. Tank also says, Vegas doesn't know if they're coming or going. Can't get their ship together. Let's say this, okay? As I said, they are my favorite team, so I follow them a lot more closely than most other teams. And I also got a lot of friends in that organization. Hey, here's me now being careful with what I say. But I don't really care. They don't pay me. Um, I just know that the pressure in Vegas is ridiculous for a team that's only been around for five years. But I mean, what do we... we they fired Gerard Gallant because you didn't win a Stanley Cup in year three. Off with his head. <laughs> Marc-Andre Fleury blows a goal in game three, costs him a game. Off with your head. Whatever. You know, it worked for Kelly McCrimmon in Brandon. And I'm not even necessarily, necessarily saying that Kelly's calling all the shots. I think Bill Foley is the owner the thing that's the culture there in vegas you don't win at all you're going to be fired and i'm not sure that's necessarily the way to go but who who am i to criticize anybody but darren's watching from the outside because you don't necessarily talk to all the same people that i do what do you think about deborah being fired like i knew somebody was going to be
2: fired i didn't think it would be So what do you think about today's i did I didn't either, but I think it was was the last couple of weeks ago when Barry Trotz was let go and we were batting around. Where does he end up? And I thought Vegas might be an option. And, you know, sometimes you don't make the coaching change unless you know what your options are, right? And I think if somebody like Barry Trotz wasn't necessarily available, then maybe Peter DeBoer stays to coach the Vegas Golden Knights again. And they call this an off year dealing with Mark Stone's injury and Jack Eichel and, you know, the goaltending. Uh, with Robin Leonard, and you, and you chalk it up to that. But I think, and again, this is not from talking to anybody in, in the organization or intimately knowing what Kelly McCrimmon's thinking, but I think if a guy like Barry Trotz now is available, it kind of forces your hand to say, we really want him, so you know what? We're going to get rid of our guy. And if they go out and get Barry Trotz now in the next you know, seven to 10 days, we'll have known that this was the reason. I think if Barry Trotz wasn't available, they might not have made this move.
1: Uh really good points. There's what did we just set it on Friday? There's a lot of great coaches available right now. So it's maybe not as much as the Golden Knights missing the playoffs as much as maybe they want somebody else. Um <laughs> BW watching in Edmonton says that Toronto sports business guy used to be on Sportsnet. He would wear his sunglasses in the studio. Looks great. If you're telling me that I look like Bob McGowan on the air right now, I'm going to go throw up. Do we have, do we have a Bob McGowan thing? Because if so, I'm taking them off.
2: Well, yeah, the vibe with McGowan was that he was like sitting back at the poker table, right? Kind of like doing his thing. You don't really have that vibe, but I get where he's coming from.
1: Clark says no, too. Wayne watching in Victoria, B.C. says, I have to say that beach behind Rod looks very inviting. How can you not love your job, Rod? I never said I didn't. And that beach is very inviting, and I probably will run down there right after the show, but I do have an appointment with the bank at 3 Eastern. Um, And that's, by the way, that's the thing. To the guy, Dale Wagner was his name. He wrote it on the 902 line. He says, do you miss being at Ryder Camp? And I said, no, I don't miss it one bit, but I'm going to tell you something. This morning when I got up, I'm like, I can't wait to get to the beach house and get on the air. Like, I can't wait to do it. The thing with football, and I say this to Darren all the time and to our crew, football for me was a lot of work because I didn't know football. I had to work really hard to cover that team and not sound like an idiot. And a lot of times I did. I don't know why anybody even listened to me because I wasn't a football guy. A lot of times I was on the air talking about things I didn't even know about. Whereas with hockey, it's like it's in my DNA. It's like breathing. It's very, very easy to me. And now with the fact that we can say whatever we want, I think we've got a leg up on the other networks because I'm one of the few guys that can say whatever I want. And the fact that I'm right most of the time is why our viewership and sponsorship and everything else is growing. Anyways, enough about that. BW, by the way, says, no, you look great. He's like, don't get it twisted, as Chris Jones would say. Don't get it twisted now. You, You look like Bob McGowan, but you still look great. Um, Chad Isaac, Flames fan, writes, in and he says, Centennial Cup coming up. Are the boys going? Sorry, but I have to cheer for the Brooks Bandits. Hashtag AJHL. <clears throat> Shall I, Moose? We vote. And it's 111 Eastern, by the way. 11:11 where you are. Take a drink. 11-11. Your wishes are coming true. We've only been promoting... For a couple of months that we're going to Esteban and broadcasting live all week long. So, yes, we'll be there and we can't wait. The field is set. We talked about it last hour. You need to be here for the entire two hours. Um, Phyllis writes in. I believe she's in Winnipeg. She says, Vegas, where you go to be fired or traded after winning a prestigious award. Owners slash managers are berserk there. That's the thing. I mean, I've been told by a lot of my friends that do work there. Wonderful place to work. Great organization. I'm sure that it is. But I don't know. That ruling by fear, while it does work in a lot of organizations and a lot of teams, it's not for me. Darren does not rule by fear. You you look like you want to chime in with something you jump in anytime moose
2: no of course and i know that i can um but no i yeah I, I couldn't you know if i tried to rule by fear it just wouldn't be authentic and i'd get walked all over it would not work well so we're proving that you can win by not ruling by fear that's right
1: um uh by the way just to morph in the cfl talk from uh, w- sorry one week from today the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are supposed to play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at Mosaic Stadium one week from today. They're currently in a strike, and that is a fact. I was actually looking this up. Pardon me. 5 p.m. Eastern, so it's 3 p.m. S.A.S. time next Monday. Saskatchewan and Winnipeg are supposed to play, but they're on strike. Let's just back this up for a minute or two. Why is everybody so afraid to say that they're on a strike? Why am I the only one
2: Saying they're in a strike, Darren. Work stoppage is the soft new way to do it. I, it's funny. I was talking about the uh, or I was what, I was looking at the Vegas Golden Knights, OK? And they announced the Peter DeBoer firing. Well, then I didn't say fired. They said we've relieved him of his duties. Like it's all of a sudden a good thing. We've relieved him of his pain. We've relieved you, Rod. We've relieved you. We're, we're doing you a favor, you know? <laughs> a work stoppage well, it sounds in like my a case they off. did <laughs> <like a> <laughs> i know yeah in my case they did
1: i'm sorry so uh well i'm gonna say strike and i don't care what anybody else says uh we got two minutes and i guess we could spend more on this on the other side but i wanted to talk about this it was my fifth point drew Brees will drew Brees pull a tom brady and return to play in the nfl following a weekend report for the new york post that the former saint star will leave NBC. Breeze added fuel to the fire on his Twitter account by suggesting he might play again. As we all know, Tom Brady retired from the NFL this season after his Tampa Bay Buccaneers were eliminated from the playoffs. He changed his mind shortly after and now plans to play another season. I think it was 41 days. Um, Okay, listen, hold that thought, because we don't have time to get into yours. But I will read this. The Vancouver Giants caught everyone's attention when they upset the top seed at Everett Silvertips in the dub playoffs in six games. The Kamloops Blazers, who finished one point ahead of Everett and swept Spokane in the best of seven first-round series, took notice and treated the underdog Giants with much more respect. After pushing the Blazers to a game six on Sunday, the Giants ran out of gas. And postseason heroics dropping a 6-0 decision to the Langley to uh, them on Sunday at the Langley Event Center and losing the best of seven series 4-2. The Kamloops Blazers now face the winner of the Portland Winterhawks-Seattle Thunderbirds Series in the Western Conference Final. Portland leads that Series 3-2 with Game 6 tonight in Seattle. So there's your Dubhub report on this Monday. We'll be back to talk NHL, NFL, CFL, or more when we return to the Beach House in Pompano Beach, Florida, right after this timeout on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You
0: gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
1: RP Show continues from Beach House Pompano. Thanks for... uh checking in wherever you're watching from on game plus tv today plus youtube live and maybe you're listening to the podcast you can always uh catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found including apple stitcher and spotify just checking in on the viewers uh jeff kabilis in winnipeg says condolences to producer clark and darren sorry about the leafs dot 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 kinda lol uh, as we, we can bring the moose in now he is in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle and you know <laughs> Lee our business consultant although I believe he now does have a title you can tell me what it is officially later but he asked me if we needed to do a welfare check on you and Clark Saturday night did your phone blow up when the Leafs lost game seven to Tampa
2: I don't know I had it shut off so I'm smarter than that How about didn't to be anywhere near my phone and social media after the game I don't need trolling or negativity. I was in a pretty good mood uh, about five minutes after the game was over. But for that five minutes, it was, it was Okay, I, I wasn't trolling either one of you. And I,
1: you know, I thought about going into the game. I put the photo on our Instagram story of me and the Tampa Bay Lightning pullover at their Stanley Cup party last year, if you remember that I was invited to, and you. And I'm like, go bolts! Yep. And I'm like, well, this is a little uh, bit of an insult to
2: Darren and Clark,
1: but I don't care.
2: By the way, well, um, on, on that, yes, go ahead. There's the only thing I thought, I'm like, this guy's trolling and I don't like it. And I just, you know, you notice we didn't talk all weekend. No, I'm kidding. It had nothing to do with that. Um, but, but the Leafs haven't invited you to any parties, right? And the Bolts have. So I get it. Like, they've been very gracious.
1: You need to win a Stanley Cup to have a Stanley Cup party. Like. Never said Stanley Cup party. Yeah, Why I didn't or... say that? At any party? Uh, win a cup first. Uh, by the way, <clears throat> Jason and Red Deer, who's uh, a big supporter of ours, says how huge was Connor McDavid for the Orders? He led his team in ice time uh, ahead of Cody Ceci, who was next. Well, again, I have no problem <laughs> with emptying the tank of your best players in a Game Seven or at any time. It said Sheldon Keith did it with his top guys. Didn't work out for the Leafs on Saturday, but it did work out for Jay Woodcroft in Edmonton, and I guess he's probably saved his job, to be honest. I, and by the way, he wasn't thinking about that. He was thinking about winning a series, not getting a contract for next year. But let's just talk about that for a second in that Flames-Waters matchup, because so many people have tuned in today, particularly across Alberta, where all our numbers have skyrocketed. Funny how that works. But I got the Flames and six. Bernie Nichols had the Flames and six. You picked the Flames to win. For me, it's the depth. It's the style of play. It's the better goaltending. Like, t- they check all the boxes, man.
2: Connor McDavid's not going to beat Calgary by himself. Calgary Flames, in that game seven last night, I think the final tally was something like it was over 120 shot attempts. and. Somebody had the funny comment, imagine if Mike Smith faced 120 shot attempts, what the score would have been last night. Now, Mike Smith was really good in round one. He was really good. Give him, uh, you know, give him his credit. He was very good. He was good at the end of the regular season. Had the gaff for sure, but they survived. And so if he plays well, they've got a really good chance. But Calgary's going to do what L.A. didn't. They're going to put a lot of pucks on it. They're going to be in the offensive zone a lot more. They're going to carry the puck. They almost hit the puck for over half the game last night in the offensive zone it's crazy so they're going to do a lot of things that la didn't do and that's going to be different for the Oilers. i don't know what it's going to take for the
1: Oilers to win that series but it's going to take more than Connor mcdavid and for how long he's been carrying that team by the scruff of their neck and they got him through against Dallas, but I can't see it happening against Calgary. But who knows? It's going to be a long series, I believe, and certainly a tremendous series. Back to the CFL strike, which reminds me, where is it? It's in today's sports update, the latest to come from the Canadian Press Wire. More training camp practices were canceled today as the CFL players strike enters its second day with no signs the league and CFLPA will be resuming contract talks. The league's last labor agreement reached in 2019 and amended last year to allow the league to stage a 14-game season, expired at midnight Saturday. I know a lot of people are, you know, clicking on the show and expecting live analysis and probably praying that the strike will end while we're on the air. And I believe me, I would love to uh, bring that news forth. But I don't know why anybody would think that the strike's going to end when they haven't even got talks scheduled again. I don't, again, I don't believe much of what I read in here. But Tank, watching an Esteban, says, if the CFL strikes, fans will move on faster than the owners think to other leagues that are running. Now, I did. But that's not to say that everybody's going to do that. And what I mean by that is not leaving the CFL in the dust, but I've said I've got into auto racing, horse racing, sports betting during COVID. This is like COVID 2.0 They're not playing They're sitting on their ass Right You'd think they'd have learned a lesson The last two years But they didn't Uh, My question to you Before we talk about Drew Brees coming out of the booth Darren is How perilous is this The strike happened Dunk predicted it It happened Now I'm asking you How
2: detrimental this will be to the CFL (sighs) CFL's been around a long time I think, I think it, it is a problem if it carries on. Now, I also believe that if they wrap this up tomorrow and get back on the field for training camp and we don't miss any games, then it's not going to affect the league a whole lot for this season. I think, you know, we're going to just forget about it and go back to, to business as usual. So there's a little bit of that on both sides. And that's, that's also a little bit scary that we'll just forget about it and move on because what it will do is it'll open up to these you know, negotiating tactics and these types of behaviors to happen again and again and again and again. If we just, you know, forget that the owners, you know, pulled this at the 11th hour and that this happened and that we ended up with, with training camp not starting. So I do think that, it, you know, I don't think the league's going to die because of this. But if it, if it goes on any longer and we start missing games, it's going to keep being pro- a problem. A lot of thoughts
1: raining down on me through all of that and uh, you and I haven't like you said we didn't talk all weekend we had only a brief phone call today while I was driving down here to Pompano um, I had another session with one of my advisors on Sunday and I hadn't talked to her since December so we had a lot to go through and this ties into the CFL thing you know she said every little dent in your armor that you accumulate through life adds up after a while and you start to look like a golf ball after a while, right? And if you're not performing maintenance and getting rid of those dents, you know what I mean? And uh, yes, it was now almost a year ago that she's like, we're going to start fixing you. I relate that to the CFL now where they've had a lot of dents, you know, at some point, little things add up to big things. And I think that it's in a lot of ways, a credibility issue. You're, you're seeing that from the fans on social media. Yeah, people say they're asking for their refunds. Yeah, they say they're not going to watch. I don't believe they're going to follow through. But I think there's, you know, I've said you're either going forwards in life or you're going backwards. The CFL is not going forward. It's going backwards financially, for sure. And uh, after a while, there's not going to be anything left. And, and, and when you say it's not going to die, no, it's not going to die. It's the difference between the Arizona Coyotes. It didn't fold. But they're the worst team in the league. And their ranks empty. So they weren't attended to. Where you look at the other leagues that are, or the other teams, sorry, that are thriving and winning and mushrooming and getting bigger. That's the difference. CFL will just be the Arizona Coyotes of leagues. Just neglected. They still got some fans, but not as many as they used to. And there's not a lot of hope. So back to the Drew Brees thing, because I said we didn't have time last segment to bring it up. This is what I think. And full disclosure, Dan Graziano saying on ESPN this morning, the NFL insider, that he doesn't think Bruce Breeze will come back. Story, I don't think he'll come back either. This is what I think happened. Drew Breeze, how can you not love the guy? Tremendous quarterback. Heart on his sleeve guy. Super Bowl champion. Great dad. Great teammate from all accounts. Not a great broadcaster okay like when they came to his turn on the panel on sunday night football it's like really like let's get to it just so boring so he got gassed a year into it and i think a couple things happened here he doesn't know what to do with his life pretty easy transition to go from the field to the booth you're still preparing for the games you're still around the guys you still got a reason to get excited now he got nothing I think Tom experienced that over his 41 days too. You know what I'm saying? The difference is Drew Brees isn't Tom Brady. Okay, we all want to know what Tom Brady has to say. Not, are you that interested in what Drew Brees has to say? Not really, and he wasn't that excited in delivering it in the first place. But I think he got fired over the weekend by NBC and came out and said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I'll come back and play. Nobody wants him to come back and play. He's already won his Super Bowl. What's the motivation? So the second I saw this, this has hurt feelings a little bit. He's not coming back and playing. And my guess is what, guys? Darren just got bumped off the air. He's back? Okay, you got bumped, but you're back. So anyways, hurt feelings on behalf of Drew Brees. He's not coming back to play. He's not going to be on TV either.
2: What's your... Yeah, you know, they didn't really like him when they put him in the booth, you know, to do color... They all thought when he when he left playing and became a broadcaster at NBC that he was going to be the heir apparent to Chris Collinsworth in the booth. Just it didn't translate, didn't have that personality, right? And I think he was better on the panel, but as you said, you know, you're kind of just not really clamoring to hear what he has to say on the panel. And that's unfortunate because I think there's a lot of of great knowledge inside his head. He's been around the game at a high level for such a long time. And I don't think people were clamoring to hear what Tony Romo had to say either. But he was so entertaining. That it just worked, right? And, and, and Drew just didn't have that same personality, you know, as, as, a, as a broadcaster. So, you know, I think, you know, they did ask him in week 16 when they were going through the quarterback issues to come out of retirement and play last year. He didn't. You know, I think there's always going to be a fit for him if he wants to come back and play. But uh, I think this is a little bit of Drew now. He has to weigh his options and figure out what the next chapter of his life is going to be.
1: Probably going to be a dad would be my guess yeah and he will find out if he hasn't already the most important job of his life from the viewers um chad isaac says i didn't think tony romo would cut it as a broadcaster and now i love hearing him dude is a blast to listen to i thought when i first saw tony romo doing games and we talked about it on this show I, if i'm like if i was doing the play-by-play and he was my color guy i would have strangled him or thrown him out of the booth Because he's always jumping over Jim Nance, cutting Jim Nance off. But then I realized there's nothing wrong. Don't be that stodgy guy that isn't open to change. And if you've noticed, I'm not that guy. But I used to be that guy. I'd like to think I'm a lot more fun to be around now. And actually, I've come to like Tony Romo too. But I still say, if you can read a defense and predict what's coming this fast, why didn't you do it when you were quarterback in the Dallas Cowboys? Now I'm going to start and get mad. Sorry. Um. Earl James, watching on YouTube, says, "Oh, he says the Islanders hired Barry Trotz as assistant. He says I'm sure Barry loves seeing that. Uh, Barry Trotz and Lane Lammer are very close. They were together in Washington, maybe even Nashville too. Barry's probably happy for Lane. Got to look at it that way. Um, hey, Phyllis in Winnipeg says Vegas should hire John Tortorella." Can you imagine? Is Vegas, would Vegas be ready for that?
2: <laughs> I don't know if they would be or not. I mean, I've, you know, I, I kind of go against the grain on some things. I'm a Tortorella fan. I, I'm open to it, but uh, um, I don't think they make the move to hire John Tortorella. I really think it's a play to try and now Court Barry Trotz as the next head coach. I really do, but I, it would be something i could see it too i could see it i'm sorry um
1: this phyllis i think we got to give her a spot on the show she says i think the sutter effect had a lot to do with the success of the flames in the first round yes phyllis and winning the pennant and doing a lot of things i just don't know how and the calgary viewers maybe some of you can chime in and tell me how daryl just gets the keys to the franchise like from what i've heard from their staff he's walked up to people in big jobs big places, and said, you, stay in your office. Don't come out for six months. You, leave your friends upstairs. Don't bring them into the room. <laughs> like, normally, you get skidded. You can't say that stuff. But this is what Daryl did, and it's worked. I love it. But how come Daryl gets to ball- do it and
2: nobody else gets to do it? You put your balls on the table, and then you win. You can do whatever you want if yeah, you bring yeah, results. That's exactly
1: it. Yeah, that's exactly what's happened. Okay, Charlie Simmer in next. Uh, Moose, we'll see you for overtime. Awesome. See you then. It is the RP show. We're broadcasting live from Beach House, Pompano Beach, Florida, on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube Live. And of course, if you missed any of the show, you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Head to youtube.com slash The Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe.
0: Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
1: RP show continues from the beach house in Pompano Beach. Big day in the National Hockey League. The- Vegas Golden Knights have fired head coach Peter DeBoer. The New York Islanders have hired longtime Barry Trotz assistant Lane Lambert to be their next head coach. It is a night off in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I might add that it is day two of the CFL players strike, which we'll get into a little later on. Well, listen, Charlie Simmer is our next guest. He's from Terrace Bay, Ontario, played in the National Hockey League, 712 seasons, 711 points, one-third of the fame Triple Crown line, and big fan. Charlie, thanks for the time, man. Where are you joining us from today?
0: Uh, I live in uh, Lakeway, Texas, just uh, part of Austin, Texas, west of it, uh, about 30 minutes. Oh, what a
1: beautiful, beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Charlie, I've been telling our... Younger crew on our staff, I said, Charlie is the Sam Malone of the National Hockey League in the 1980s. And, of course, they remember you uh, watching you on on the Flames crew. I got to ask you this, man, before we go any further. Daryl Sutter just walked in and night and day changed the culture of the Calgary Flames. You know, you've been around that team. Um, Did you see it happening this fast for Daryl, and how did he go about doing it?
0: Well, with Daryl, it better happen faster. You're not going to be around very long. Um, it's, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed, uh, the time I, I've got to spend with Darryl, his first, uh, stint through, uh, through Calgary and uh, obviously when he was coaching other teams, he's a uh, very interesting interview to say the least, very straightforward, very honest, uh, but very funny, uh, if you listen to him carefully, he's always saying something, uh, to motivate somebody or to get his point across, so, uh, definitely if you're playing for his club, you know that you better be playing hard every night and that's just, uh, i think what he expects from his players and i i think most players uh respect that it's uh it's a straightforward no lying no behind your back talking he's going to talk straight to you and um and the funny part about him i really enjoyed him away from the rink even more so obviously a very humorous guy a very charitable guy he does so much around communities that you don't know about so it's always nice to see success and um Uh, But I I can imagine some of the players at certain times just couldn't, are still scratching their heads. But the end result is you've got to win, and that's what he does.
1: You know, Charlie, it's funny you say that because another King's great, Jared Stoll, told us uh, we were at Super Bowl. He came on the show in L.A. and said that there's two sides to Darrell. And you've obviously seen both. I've only seen one, but clearly uh, whatever he does works. But, you know, looking back at round one, this came out from the NHL today. The third most games ever in a single round. You know, so many seven game series, 14 elimination games, 19 comeback victories, six teams trailed in the series, came back to win. One of the greatest first rounds in NHL history. You must have really enjoyed it.
0: Well, I, I, I don't get as much hockey, obviously, down here as uh, a lot of other areas. Uh, the time I, I did get to watch and uh, stay in touch with some of the guys I know around the league, whether coaching or in management, it, it, it was very exciting for them. And, uh, You know, it just proves a point that you get in that first round, you get a little bit of a hot goaltender. You can you can eliminate some of the uh, big teams out there, but I I think it gives a lot of credit to to the way the league is. Even though some teams are separated maybe by 20 points during the regular season, you can see how close everybody is matched, and and that's something that I think brings a lot of fans back to the game. Uh, The the games are definitely more exciting; they're close. You really can't. in the old days, you could almost predict who was going to win the series. I mean, outside of Colorado and Nashville, all these series were at least six or seven games. So uh, definitely very exciting as a hockey fan.
1: No doubt, but I have to say this. Your old Kings teammate, Bernie Nichols, was with us last hour. He's a regular analyst on the show, and he did nail seven of eight first-round series. I was very impressed with what Bernie did. And I, if you don't mind, I want to ask you, what you see coming forth in the second round and who you, you uh, I mean, if you don't want to make a pick, that's fine. But the Tampa Florida series, uh, what intrigues you about that one and who do you think will come out on top?
0: Well, I again, what we just talked about, uh, Florida had such a great regular season. I think they won the president's cup and then, uh, you know, Tampa came in. Uh, I don't think they're just about outside of a wild card spot. Uh, and yet uh, they were able to really, start getting stronger as this, the series against Toronto went on, especially when you start looking at defensive play by their defenseman and their goaltender. Uh, you can tell that team had won two straight Stanley Cups and uh, are looking for a third. So I think in the East, they're going to be the dark horse. I think uh, I like them between them and Colorado to beat my Boston Bruins in seven. I mean, uh, Carolina, beat my Boston Bruins in seven. And uh, out on, on the West, I mean, obviously you you can't, uh, not think about colorado but I, I i think the team that really is going to surprise a lot of players the st louis uh again they they battle hard all year and they're hard hard coached uh similar to what Sutter has and uh i think they'll give colorado a good run from i'm not sure if they have enough power to do it um and then you got the battle of alberta how exciting is that going to be for uh fans from the 80s uh from those good old days uh unfortunately us in la we didn't get to be that far in, in the playoffs but uh definitely a very exciting time there and uh i think it's a coin toss between an offensive team in uh, edmonton and uh, you know a really good goaltender in in uh, calgary
1: hey good stuff charlie and you know
0: was that walking the line <laughs> just <laughs> enough not to commit myself yet still look pretty intelligent or what
1: that was exactly what it was. You ever thought about politics, Charlie?
0: I tell you, but
1: well, no, it's the like, Blues, it's like Brian Lawton was...
0: You never, you never let the facts get in the way of a good story.
1: Well, you got to be a good storyteller for sure. But Brian Lawton was singing the praises of the Blues this morning on NHL Network. And I said, I'm not buying it, but maybe there's something to it. What is it that you like about these
0: Blues? Well, it's just, I think they're old school. And that's what I think uh, when you get into these playoffs, that's that's really going to push a lot of teams. And, you know, recently they won the cup and they've, uh, I think Billington, uh, the goaltender has gotten a lot stronger lately. Uh, he might make another run at it. But uh, again, the, the key will be trying to hold the Colorado uh, offense down because, I mean, they're they're big, they're strong, they skate very well. And that's really going to be a good series.
1: Charlie, I got one last one for you. We you talk old school, it came up the other day. By the way, who were the three members of the Triple Crown line? And uh, it took me a second, but I got them. But have you heard of this young player coming up in Western Canada? Plays for the Regina Pats, Connor Bedard. Have you heard of this kid?
0: Very, very little. I actually I've just recently started looking over who the the draft picks are. Uh, as they had the lottery last weekend. Um, and definitely there are some, from what I can see, there's some really good, especially in the top 10, uh, all-around great players.
1: Well, the reason I ask is Conor Bedard is supposed to be the next Gretzky, the next Crosby. And I called his games for a few years in junior, and I, we were trying to find a comparison. And it was a fan that said, Marcel Dion. And I'm like, you nailed it. We could have the next Marcel Dion coming up. He skates like him, he shoots like him, he plays like him. And just tell, you know, the viewers about Marcel Dion. Because even, that, like I talk about our young staff, they don't remember Marcel. What a player.
0: Yeah, he definitely was. Hopefully this young man's a little bit taller than Marcel. Uh, but uh, <laughs> not, much. It, it, <laughs>
1: no, not much. Not much. Not much.
0: You know the thing that's incredible about Marcel is uh, he's not, he wasn't a tall player. He was stocky uh, and, and he was strong on the skates. And obviously uh, coming over from the Quebec league, him and Guy Lafleur were one and two. I mean, Guy wins five Stanley Cups and again, tough loss for us uh, with the alumni in the NHL, losing a great player and person like him this year. But, uh, you know, they're one and two and Marcel gets no Stanley Cup rings and, and Guy gets five. Marcel outsc- outscores Guy Lafleur. Uh, in teams that uh, really have never had any chance to win the Stanley Cup, so uh, I mean, his size alone in that era that we played the physical style, the big, the big players, the Broad Street Bullies, and for him to go game in and game out and score 1,800 points or give or take a couple, it's amazing. And um, you know, we we really developed a, a great friendship that we still keep very close to uh, even to today with Davey Taylor. Of course, maybe that's another reason I'm cheering for St. Louis. He's got the finally got a cup with them as in management. He's still work, working with them but um you know it, it was incredible to play uh with those two gentlemen of course marcel was the key to our line he was the superstar that did everything
1: well you keep your eye open but ard will go number one overall next year in 2023 but he is the next marcel dion and i know you guys didn't do a lot of winning in the 80s in la but you were always winners with those gold jerseys the home jerseys with the purple charlie big fan here i appreciate the time and hopefully we can do it again here
0: well, anytime. You have my number now, and I look forward to it. You've got the beach. I've got the hill country here in Texas. We can, uh, we can talk hockey whenever we need to.
1: It's perfect. Exactly. Thank you, Charlie. Have a great day. All the best. NHL great Charlie Simmer joining us from just outside Austin, Texas. The Moose will rejoin us for overtime. You are watching live from the Beach House in Pompano Beach, Florida. On Game Plus TV, we're live streaming on YouTube daily, too, and, of course, 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. One final time, it is overtime. Live from the Beach House, and overtime is brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the Stanley Cup playoffs and the UFC. Jennifer wrote in earlier from the Four Seasons to say some very long faces there with Leafs and Penguins fans by name, the Greek Freak and Jazzy, respectively. As we can bring the Moose in, and uh, for overtime. Just so you know, Moose, Wayne in Victoria, B.C. writes in and says, great to see Charlie Simmer on the RP show. Where else can you find interviews with great players like Charlie? The answer to that is nowhere because nobody else is doing what we're doing. Not on television anyways. So what did you think about that interview with the Sam Malone of the 1980s NHL?
2: (laughs) You weren't kidding. He looks like a million dollars, talks well, and, you know, he wants to do it again and again and again. So. Um, I love it. He's like, you got my number. So I look forward to it. He, you oh. know, he admired the beach, so it's good.
1: Yeah, and that reminds me, it was our guy Lee uh, Genier who set that up with Charlie. So yeah, we, had, we got all the greats here. Um, so viewer takeover is, as always, for Taco Time with over 120 locations across Canada. There's always a Taco Time near you. Uh, the Jug's watching, Moose. The Jug writes in, he says, McDavid, he's just something special out there. What can he do? And then on Sunday at the Flames game, the Dome was buzzing. Also, there was no way they weren't going to lose that game. But Calgary could be out with Tanev. He didn't play last night. Oh, the jug went to both Game 7s in Edmonton and Calgary. What do you think that ran him?
2: Does it matter with that guy? You've seen the wads, of cash. He has <laughs> New. just fallen out of his jeans so uh uh no i i saw the photos and uh good on him he watches every day and pays attention and and follows all our stuff big supporter. so you know enjoy it jug enjoy it i wonder how much stripper money he took with him he usually lets us
1: know and that little slush fund uh metal shingle guy writes in and he says well the little hockey I watch is normally over when the leaves are gone. With the CFL done till the cows come home, bring on more hockey. <laughs> Calgary fan now, says metal shingle guy. Uh, Chad writes in to the 902 line and he says, Are the Bengals the team to beat this year? Added to the O-line to protect Joe Burrow and probably the best wide receiver core in the NFL with Boyd, Chase, and Higgins along with Mixon. Then there's that. And the NFL, we haven't even talked about, save for the Drew Brees coming out of retirement talk, which I don't think is talk at all. Uh, Is the NHL getting on your radar, Moose? I got to think that it is. It's on everybody's radar year-round.
2: NFL, yeah. I mean, for sure it is. Um, I watch the networks, right, just like you do, and it's always on my radar. I mean, um, it is a 365, you know, machine. and I, uh, there's always something going on. I'm excited to see where things go here. There's still a lot of things to be developed. And Drew Brees would throw a monkey wrench right in the middle of everything, you know, when it comes to dominoes. That's the big thing. You know, what happens then? What does that do to, you know, Baker Mayfield and, you know, the New Orleans Saints and everything else if he decides to come back? I mean, that's just wild. No, they're...
1: (laughs) There's a reason why they dedicate hours and hours and hours of programming. They have their own channel, for the love of Pete. Uh, NFL Network did a five-hour special on the schedule release last Thursday. ESPN itself did two hours. Um, JT in the chat writes in. He says, hi, I'm okay with the CFL on strike. USFL's filling in nicely. NFL season soon. XFL starting up in the new year. Football's covered. Well, I was slipping through the channels yesterday afternoon, saw the USFL was on Fox Sports 2, and I was like, "Eh, pass. So I didn't watch it. I didn't have a reason to watch. There's a lot of other options out there right now. Are you making the USFL
2: part of your viewing schedule? I'm not, and partly because it's my team sucks. Michigan lost again. Um, so I think they're 2-3 and three or something now. I think they lost to your Tampa Bay Bandits, by the way. Um, and that's only because I saw the score come across in my social media scrolling. You're right. Like, it hasn't done enough yet to reach our daily consciousness. Like, you know, the storylines aren't there. There's no reason for you to get out of bed in the morning, so to speak, right? So once we still, like, again, I, I, I can't name you 10 players. I can't name you five players on the Michigan team. That's yep. my team. So until I can, it's going to be tough to pull me out of bed to watch those games. As I said way
1: back at the start of this show, John, the maintenance guy who got us set up here with power today, what does he think about the CFL? Warren Moon. Last minute of play. Last minute of play in the RP. The players. And that's part of the reason why this CFL strike has just got me so... um, It's off-putting that you would treat your players this way. I'm clearly on the player's side, but all of it is just bad. and the old boys' club and the CFLs, what's holding them back? The Off the Hosel podcast writing in. Hey, boys, it's been a while. Hope all is good. There's Drew from the Off the Hosel podcast. The Brent Sutter of the Prairie Junior Hockey League is watching. Um, we're out of time. Uh, other than to say Jeff Kibellis in Winnipeg says, the NFL is on my mind. I'm afraid of what the Cardinals will do to mess things up in the off season. Uh, they're certainly trying <laughs> Thanks to Charlie Simmer. Thanks to Bernie Nichols. Thanks to this entire team with the great culture for uh, putting it all on. And Moose, we'll see you tomorrow. Awesome. See you guys. Ah, noon Eastern. on. <laughs> Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.